Good evening, boys and girls, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to the Anacon Chelsea podcast. Today, I was very happy to welcome back the podfather to the Anacon Chelsea podcast. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, today indeed was the podfather to the return of Stamford Chidge. Um, yeah, we, uh, me and Chidge look back at Anfield sort of dissect it a little bit look at the squad look at the manager you know usual shit and yeah just go through all of it and then we look forwards um it was a really great episode of Chidge I really appreciate him coming on and uh, I always really enjoy talking to him whether it be on the podcast or down the pub before a game and um yeah so without further ado let's get into it Ladies and gentlemen, I'm delighted to welcome back the podfather himself to the Anacon Chelsea podcast. Um, I was going to say the return of the podfather, but I guess it would be much more appropriate to say the podfather too. Welcome, Chish. Yeah. How you doing, mate? Welcome. I'm, I'm loving that intro. I'll, I'll do my best uh, Al Cappuccino tonight for you, just, yeah. just in celebration of that fact. Yeah, I was hoping you might come in with like, you asked me to do this podcast, this on the day of the Champions League. I know, oh, yeah. I know. Well, I mean, that's all right. I'm, I'm happy now because I've left uh, with uh, Barcelona two up against United, uh, both scored by Messi and uh, the second one. Well, the second one was De- uh, David De Gea doing his best, uh, uh, Taibi. I don't know if you remember Taibi. Taibi? Yeah, he used to play in goal for Man United, and he was absolutely shit. And he let a very similar goal in from a a, a Matthew Letizia shot, which meant that Saints beat uh, United up at Old Trafford. This is going back to the 90s. Fucking funny. Did watch football. In, I did watch football in the nineties, but I probably would have been like ten or something, and just saying I like Zola, not really knowing much else about, yeah. <laughs> about well, football. I, yeah, before you were born, son. <laughs> I'm an eighties baby, just about. Oh um, man. Right. Okay. So uh, the listener knows two parts. We're going to look back in part one. Look forward in uh, part two. And can you still vote in the football blogging awards for the Chelsea oh, podcast? Oh, I thought you'd never ask yet. <laughs> put a pin what, in I that, Chidge. Put, put how a pin. long has it taken you, mate? For God's sake. <laughs> you know, I was thinking earlier today, like, when I get Chidge on, I better make sure I plug that. Yeah. But uh, we'll do it properly at the end and tell the listener. because right. oh, what... you're going to let me do it now. No, no, well, you know. That's... <laughs> no, I'm only joking. I want, I want, them, to appre- I want them to appreciate <laughs> your content first. And they'd be like, you know what? This stand for Chidge geese and well, those is onions. Let's help them know. out. Point being as well... If, you mean, you mean I, have to, I have to do my performing SEAL routine and then they decide whether they're going to vote or not? That I don't was, know about that, that. That was the agreement. But um, <laughs> I should be talking to my agent, mate. Yeah, but I would urge all my listeners, because, um, you know, I'll say it at the end, but I'll say it again. Stanford Chidge is the reason why I started Chelsea Podcast. And if um, if you guys enjoy my podcast, I would urge you to, to go and uh, vote for the Chelsea Fancast in thanks of um, appreciating this podcast. But we'll... we'll, we'll uh, We'll, uh, we'll I'll be doing all the brown nosing at the end, mates. <laughs> so, um, as, as agreed, as, agree, know, as agreed, yeah. The, se- rider, mate. yeah, the seal and then uh, the brown nosing, right? Cool. So, let's look at back at Anfield. Before, I'll get your um, entire take on it. Um, but I, I just want to sort of speak the, the question I guess I want to pose to you originally, Chidge, is for me, upon reflection, digesting it, and all that, I feel like generally. In a few ways, we played quite well. We set up quite well. Um, we got... It's the classic attention dropping after half-time, but then we came back quite well and got a bit unlucky. And I looked at the game. I looked at the... You know, apart from the debate with the striker, I looked at how the players that were picked and have been picked in the more important games. I looked at the approach and the realism in that. 
and I looked at the performance and I thought, I can't really be, I don't know who I'm at, I don't think I'm really angry at anyone after that. I feel like it's just a sort of bit of an honest reflection about how that game probably was always going to be. How did you feel about it, Judge? Well, uh, you might be surprised to hear much the same, but I think I think it's, you know, look, number one, I, I kind of watched it in a very weird setting because, uh, you know, I present a, a show for Love Sport Radio on Sunday afternoons now between three o'clock and seven, mm. uh, which is called the Fans Forum. And it's basically a general uh, football show. The idea behind it is that you've got three, I hesitate to say knowledgeable football supporters. So maybe two, <laughs> two knowledgeable football supporters and me. Right. Uh, but we're all, all, you know, we're all, all proper supporters, you know, we're passionate about the game mm. and particularly the teams we support. And, and we chew around a lot of big kind of issues relating to supporters, what's going on in the game at the moment. But the backdrop to that is that there's always a, a live game or two on mm. as as we're on air and of course as luck would dictate I, a lot of them have been Chelsea away games recently <laughs> and any anybody who's ever sat next to me at Stamford Bridge or away will know that I'm 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 quite an uncomfortable person to sit next to during a match because I get way too overexcited um and uh what's really weird for me is that I can't I, I mean the TV's to my my left hand side but I, I mean actually believe it or not you have to concentrate uh, when you're presenting a radio show. Uh, so I, I only really saw the match obliquely. And mm. quite, I mean, for example, when the goals went in, I missed them. And then I had to look at the TV, talk about what was going on to the listeners whilst watching the replay. Yeah. So it was a bit of a weird experience. But the other thing, Yannick, was that I had two people who were not Chelsea fans also watching the match mm. who gave me a very interesting perspective on it. You know, they were not emotionally engaged in it if you see what i mean i do yeah so my overall impression was precisely that uh that you know i don't think we played that badly i thought it was all uh working to plan uh for the first half i think rudiger going off was a massive blow because i think we had to you know we'd had to defend okay that was kind of the game plan mm. we we conceded com uh, possession that was kind of the game plan and we were there to hit him on the break and we were hitting him on the break we were defending very very well Rudy going, Rudiger going off, I really do think dealt us a bit of a blow. Mm. Um, the second half, uh, it, it, you know, even, you know, notwithstanding, it's really, really, really annoying losing two goals in such quick succession. Mm. You could argue that uh, Emerson stroke Jorginho were, and, you know, were possibly at fault stroke could have done better with both of them. Mm. You could also argue that, you know, Salah's goal was an absolute worldie. What can you do? Yeah. But the reality is, Yannick, is that, you know, a few minutes later, Hazard hits the post. A few minutes after that, he, he has a chance to, you know, score again. Uh, we had other chances too. We could have been, you know, it's a, a real question of coulda, woulda, shoulda, I think. Mm. You know, but I think on balance, I don't think we played that badly. Now, if you take that game in isolation, I think you can say all of that. However, if you look at the bigger picture of the whole season, mm. then I think that's where you can start having some grumbles and complaints. Yeah. About why did Sarri pick, uh, you know, the, you know, pick a, a side with Hazard as the false number nine, knowing that Hazard's on a great streak of form, uh, playing in his normal position, and he's not as good as the, as the central player. You know, why did he put Hudson Odoi out on the right when we know he's better on the left? You know, yeah. all of these things come into it in the bigger scheme of things. But in isolation, mm. I'm with you. I don't think. I think the trouble is, is that we just hate losing to Liverpool. It's massive. <laughs> yeah. You know, we could have handed them the title technically by by losing that, and I think that pisses people off, and I think that that blackens their view. 
over what was actually not a not a horrendous shambles at all. Okay, well, there's some good points there, and a couple of things as well. Like you say, it was fine margins, and perhaps the fine margins that go the way of champions elect. You know, that's what usually happens. And... Lucky, haven't they? Let's be honest. Well, yeah, I mean, and on a couple of things that you said about Hudson Odoi playing on the right, uh, Willian's uh, preferred position is on the left. Um, <laughs> Uh, I think we bought him as a he's a left winger he's always been a left winger but he says he can play on the right he can play on the right so we he's always been pushed out Chelsea really rate William very very highly and always have all the coaches um, yeah yeah as do I as well I mean I feel like there's a reason why Barcelona keep coming in for him there's this big thing against William yeah, the, but the press the press make up the stories that's well the you know but yeah I mean <laughs> what, what what can't be argued with is William's perhaps offensive output in terms of goals and assists in a top tier Premier League side you know wingers these days they're scoring a lot and they're assisting a lot but if you look at he's so clever with his link-up play he can score worldies and he's industrious and that's what top teams want if you've got top players around him he'll he'll have no problem linking up with them but um and on that like you say of the, so both him and hudson adoy's native position is on the left and i think in that setup william pulls rank because they feel like he'll do more on that side and and um probably they switch as well but but another thing on on the force nine i agree like and in hindsight as well but it would have been good to have Hazard in his most dangerous position, bouncing balls off Igu- um, not Higuain, uh, Giroud. Um, but there's a reason. The the main reason why both Sari and Conte play the false nine system. It's not so he can dribble at players and stuff. It's in these big games where we're the underdog. So it was the same when Conte did it a lot of the time, and it's the same when Sari's chosen to do it. And we've done well, say when when we beat City at home or when arguably maybe the better team in the final, certainly for the second half. But the reason why he does it is because he knows when you're against these high-possession sides that are better than you, like Liverpool, like your City, um, you need to be on it defensively, like constantly, like a rigid formation, say, which we are when we play like that. And the reason he pets Hazard there, because he doesn't want to drop Hazard, but Hazard doesn't defend. Yeah, no, I get all of that. Yeah, and I yeah. Think- I think that's a massively salient point, and I think actually you're right. I mean, look, Sarri's not doing anything that any other Chelsea manager hasn't done, which mm. is to trust experience over youth. And I think that he he played William on the left because William is 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 acknowledged to be better on the left than he is when he plays on the right. Mm. And of course, as you said, William will also do his defensive duties very well. And I think that um, you know Sarri identified that that was possibly a weak link for us on the left hand side mm. so he wanted to make sure that that was covered and i don't think he trusts hudson adoy's tactical awareness no. at his young age to have been able to do that Hence and the i first totally get all well. that the first guy i feel like hudson adoy could attract back better money yeah absolutely mm. i mean ultimately look you defend as a team and you know we can single out uh you know Jorginho perhaps and emerson right at the death of that goal but Mm. you know you could also say well who was not doing their job further up the field i mean Mm. you know it's a team game i think the other thing though and i take your point about hazard but you know when we all acknowledge that hazard is streets uh, ahead of everybody else in the chelsea team to the extent that the rest of the team just tend to leave it to him and and look up to him to produce the goods Mm. he's the one uh, game-changing player we have he's the one player we have who is single-handedly capable of winning a game for us so why new to him Mm. just for the sake of defensive cover when actually the real issue and this is something i a point that i made on the fan cast last night is that you know the trouble that we have uh, when we play against the bigger teams and you know just to go off on a tangent here slightly i think a lot of the opprobrium that chelsea fans had about losing to liverpool and the way that sarri set up 
is because it was an admittance by him that we weren't as good as them. And we don't like to think that. Mm. But, you know, having Hazard in that role, I think, is, is a false economy because the reality is when we play against the big sides, the real weakness is the fact that, you know, our midfield is just not up to it defensively. Mm-hmm. Whoever we play, yep. you know, we, we don't. See, I mean, you know, good teams, well set up teams, doesn't matter whether they're better than us or, or not. The, the, the tactically astute managers will set up to neuter our midfield by pressing them, by being aggressive. And what happens is teams that are any good, like Liverpool, will go through us like a knife through butter. And pin us and, back, yeah. Yeah, and I'm not trying to ping the blame totally on Jorginho here because mm. I get what he's there for, I get what he does. Mm. But in the English Premier League, he is not capable of screening a back four. Mm. And I think that that's tantamount to tactical suicide. Yeah, you, you know, know what's interesting? I'll, Sorry, go on, Judge, finish. I was just going to just finish the point. I mean, for example, if, you know... Look, Sarri's a better manager than I will ever be. I'm not an idiot. I get that. But the reality is, why why against a big side that you're, you know, pretty sure are better than us and can really hurt us, mm. why does he not change the flaming 4-3-3? Yeah. Why doesn't he put Kante next to Jorginho to give you some extra defensive cover? Mm. He's got enough midfielders he can put on the right and the left. You know, mm. he could put, you know, he could have put Barkley on the left. Uh, you know, Kovacic on the right or or, or Loftus-Cheek on the right. You know, he has cover there. Mm. Drop the bugger back. I, th- I think, you know? the, yeah, you're, you're, well, you're right. I think the, the, the question that's to be posed in that situation is um, he's, regardless to playing defensive of Hazard, he's still playing his system and Jorginho doesn't screen a back four, back four, excuse me. That's, how, that's not how the team defends. It's not his job, I get yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. So he's, yeah, he's, if it was he, his job, he, he wouldn't be capable of it. Well, exactly. I mean, he's a metronome. He's not a, defensive midfielder the the idea is the way the team defends it's not supposed to have him screening a back four but that but, but you make no exact but you know but um he actually did have a good game once where he made the most blocks and interceptions on the pitch or who something. was that against i can't remember but <laughs> i remember seeing it it, it I, may have I been an anomaly yannick i can't either but i'll put money on it that it wasn't against anybody who was going to press us and be physical sure sure the- sure but what no what i'm alluding to here is that that's his style and i feel like the big question is we don't have the perhaps players or you know amount of training to play a style. But so in that game, Kante maybe not drop Kante into there because they're going to expect Kante to be passing all the time because that's how he plays his style in that formation. So maybe not do that. But maybe I know it won't happen. But maybe just against Liverpool away, play a four four two. Yeah, you exactly. know, play a four four two and play four two three one. Yeah, but not you know, not even that. Like it just, I feel like this. If we're going to be sitting in the low block so much, have the two banks of four and have yeah. Hazard and Giroud yeah. out. You know, so just leave Giroud up by himself, lump a ball to him, and then he can knock it down yeah. to Hazard. He has yeah. got a good turn of pace. Obviously, like this coach isn't going to do that. But you know, imagine uh, Sari's got a near impossible job winning back Chelsea fans but he did pretty well in terms of wi- winning a few games recently and making Hudson-Odoi and Ruben Loftus-Cheek starters they're now in the starting 11 he made Emerson in the starting 11 that was like a dream come true yeah. three, three months ago to Chelsea fans I mean Emerson was a bit pony in this game but you know but you oh, know I what I mean I, I think he had a rough ride he had a, he yeah. was up against Salah who's who, who mm. you know 
was basically really up for it on, yeah. on Sunday and, and had a good game. You know, this happens. Sometimes you play against a team that's going to be better than you on the day. Mm. And I, I don't have a problem with that. Mm. And, I, and I mean, look, as you know me, I'm, I've been really quite agnostic about Sarri for the whole season yeah, when it have. boils down to it. Mm-hmm. You know, largely because I don't really care who's the manager of Chelsea because it doesn't matter. They're never mm. there long enough to really be emotionally attached to them. Mm. All I care about is that, you know, if Sarri... If Sarri you know, wins the league and wins the cups. I, I you know, gr- brilliant. I'm mm. delighted in his success. But mm. the reality is, is that, uh, you know, what I, what I, I think does annoy a lot of Chelsea supporters when it boils down to it, is that it, this complete failure to understand what is required in the Premier League, mm. and and that, you know, that rigid adherence to a four-three-three, when, you know. I just don't believe that it can work in the Premier League against the really good teams, mm. you know. And I think it's been... Pr- I mean, look, it's no accident. Uh, it's absolutely no accident that you, you look at who we've played in the top nine, in fact, this season. Oh, God, yeah. Okay, and we've lost... Uh, I mean, the only teams we haven't played away in the top nine are United and Leicester, who we've got coming up. Everybody else we've lost to. City 6-0, Liverpool 2-0, Spurs 3-1, Arsenal 2-0, Wolves 2-1, Everton 2-0. That mm. is not a coincidence. It's dreadful, me. yeah. And I think your suggestion, my suggestion, 4-3-1, you see, that's what a normal manager would do. In this I, situation, yeah. Yeah. I tell you not what. Not bollocks to that. I'm just going to stick yeah. to my 3-3. Well, well, the interesting thing, I mean, sorry, he's definitely not a normal coach. And he doesn't well, yeah, there you don't think he Yeah, but... Um, he doesn't make it easy on himself. No, he doesn't. He doesn't. It's, it's weird, isn't it? But, I mean, it's his 4-4-3 that may not work in the Premier League because, obviously, <laughs> Liverpool City... Right. Tottenham, totally right. Tottenham, they will play four three three. But look, but look, look, look at that. That's a really good point. Look at Spurs four three three. Look at Liverpool's four three three. Liverpool yesterday or or Sunday had uh, Henderson and Fabinho. Mm. You wouldn't call them lightweight. These are guys that will put their foot in, who mm. will run for England and will tackle. Mm. Look, look at Spurs. They've got why now? Hang on, who have they got in the middle? I forget now. Mm. Uh, uh, who's their kind of you know enforcer uh, in midfield? Spurs. They're, well, yeah. they 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 played Wanyama the other day. But I yeah, don't, Wanyama. That's yeah. who I'm thinking of. Yeah. yeah, they've got players like that. We've got on the whole two kind of wide stroke creative players and Jorginho, mm. Sissoko as well. Sorry, that's what I was yeah, just thinking. Sissoko's yeah. a beast as well. He is a tank. You know, yeah. yeah, we've got Barkley or 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 uh, you know more recently Loftus Cheek, Kante who, you know, I think has got so much energy and everything else and is capable of doing that in the middle, mm. but we stick him on the right. And then we've got Jorginho. It, 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 it's not enough. Mm. It gets found out at the top, in the top games. I was just about to pose the question to you, like, is that our problem department this uh, this season? I thought, no, no, probably striker. And I went, no, no, fullbacks. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? So in terms of how... It's all over the place. Yeah, in terms of... I know that. Yeah. You know? You, you could say that the centre-backs are vulnerable to pace. I mean, Rudiger, I think, has got enough pace to get us yeah, out. Yeah, yeah. He's the fifth could... fastest player in the league. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, and I love Rudiger, I tell you. Mm. I'm, I'm increasingly loving Rudiger. I think he's a top, top, top player. Mm. And I hope he'll be at Chelsea he's for a long time. got a bit about him as well. Yeah. Mm. Alonso is not a left-back and gets played there. Emerson no. is... I mean, let's be really brutal about this. Emerson is probably average. Yeah. You know? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. People have just been excited because he's appropriate. He's not Alonso. Yeah, yeah, That's yeah. Why. As um, as P's not a modern day fullback, he's not. He's not a rock, get up and down, put you know crosses in and take a man on fullback, which the top teams have now. And he's probably on the wrong side of the bell curve, if you see what yeah, I mean. Yeah, which is sad for his age. Yeah, but you know, but it happens. Uh, mm. The midfield. <clears throat> well, Jorginho for me 
in these games is the weakness. Uh, and then, you know, up, I mean, you could say that the, the, the I mean, you know, the interesting thing about Liverpool is that you've got Hudson-Odoi playing uh, in his natural position, which is obviously as a winger. Mm. His game is to attack people, be direct, mm. beat, the, beat the ball back, whip in really good crosses for, guess what? A centre forward to get yeah. on the end of. What were we doing on Sunday? We had no centre forward. No centre forward. It was going to be near Hudson-Odoi cross. Now, if I can see that and you can see that, why can't Sarri see that? Mm, I think everyone's just fucking terrified of Van Dyke. That's a you know they probably thought, oh, we're going to need to test him out, put Giroud on him. Yeah. You know, get at least if face. Giroud sits on him, that would be one. You know, you know, takes him out of the game, doesn't it? Well, yeah, it's funny. It's funny because you do that usually to an attacking mid, but maybe against Liverpool. Maybe that you know you say oh yeah sit on Salah oh no we're not going to worry about that flank all right sit on Van Dyke let's try and get past him. Well, you know the two lads that I was uh, doing the radio show with on Sunday you know one's a United fan one's an Arsenal fan they know they're onions and they said you know before kickoff I said well I'm not surprised to see Hazard starting and I said to be brutally honest with you on the Friday night show that we do for Love Sport um, we we thought well okay we can understand the logic in that. Mm. Um, they said to me, they said, mm, yeah, but, you know, that means Van Dyke's got nobody to bother about. So he can play with the ball. Watch him leap forward a lot. That's true, yeah. Because he did exactly that. Mm. He, he didn't have to worry about anybody. No, no, yeah. He, uh, he's, I mean, he's, he's something else, though, to be honest. Um, it's weird well, with Jorginho because, like, you're right. It, he's such a... He's, he's, for what he does as a specialist, he's such a valuable player. Like behind, obviously, N'Golo Kante, just because of the sheer, you know, level of footballer and his accolades and what he's won, ind- individual and trophies. Kante's obviously our most valuable footballer. We could probably sell him at north of 160 as a defensive midfielder, or as, do you know what I mean? But um, Jorginho, he's a he's a highly sought after. Like we, we'd probably make a profit on him now already. Um, just because of how much of a specialist he is in terms of uh, what he offers. There's, n- there's not much uh, many players that... Uh, this is what I've always maintained. Fabregas is better at passing than Jorginho. He, not only is he better at passing, he can see the passes before they happen. He's got that sort of, like, you know, premonition of runners or whatever. Yeah. Um, and then, you know... Sees you can, the pitch in 3D. Exactly. And then you can talk about, you know, your Kantes or pick another, like, someone that could box-to-box DM that can tackle and regain possession or whatever better than Jorginho. But what Jorginho is really good at in theory and argue maybe the best in the world at is, um, is like quick neural synapse football so if the team is playing how they should be he's the most valuable player in that team yeah. because he as soon as the ball's touched his boot he knows exactly where it's going way faster yeah. than any other footballer i can't think of any other football yeah. in world football. there's a reason why pep guardiola wanted him he, he wanted him for to how fernandinho is like 34 years old right Jorginho is like 25 so he's best part of 10 years younger than Fernandinho and yeah but I tell you Jorginho is no replacement for Fernandinho well not not because Fernandinho, Fernandinho is the kind put, of player that we were bemoaning we don't have yeah he's dirty in that position. he can put a tackle in yeah but, Wanyama for, for uh, Fabinho yeah you but, know. but if you look at Fernandinho he's still that type of um player where he's he sits at the base and he knows exactly where the runners are or yeah. close them and he releases but he can defend he can defend Yannick. sure but but i think Jorginho can't 
in a, I think in if if he went to City and Pep got him because you know Pep said in press conferences early doors this season like yeah we wanted him he went to Chelsea yeah I wanted him went to Chelsea you know yeah, I, mean? I don't think he would have played him like like Sarri's playing him I think I think yeah. Pep would have had cover in there possibly you're probably you're probably right there but he he sees the value in that specialist attribute is what I'm getting yeah, at here I'm, I'm, I'm not I'm not. I'm not one of these Jorginho haters. I, no. I really am not. I think no, no, no. I think he is a hell of a player, but yeah. I think he doesn't work in Sarri's system in, in the, the Premier, Premier League with these players around yeah. him. Yeah, well, exactly. Yeah. But I think you know we've we've talked about four two three uh, four two three one. We've mm. talked about four four two. I think there's an argument you could yeah. say we could four one four one. You know, you could have uh, Kante as the one screening the defence. Mm. And I, I mean, I would he love could to be see... one of the two in front. Yeah. You have Jorginho playing further forward, possibly in a diamond. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A diamond would be really interesting for Chelsea, actually. Yeah, you know. So and you then, could have Loftus Cheek in the ten. Yeah, uh, Jorginho behind him in the in the the pivot. You know, well, the one of the sides. Yeah, and then, uh, yeah, yeah. It's, you know. it's interesting, isn't it? But um, it's so it's weird with sorry. Do you know what? Like what we just I wanted to say a minute. Ago, I just forgot about if sorry sorry may well move on right in a uh, in the summer, but if. Chelsea develops well, gets the ban or whatever. We bring in a couple of lone players or we, whatever. We we make do and we move forward. But if Hudson Odoi and Ruben Loftus Cheek from today onwards become the poster boy for Chelsea, the two academy players that are both looking like top top class players with a higher ceiling than perhaps we can see at the moment, and they become the poster boys, you know, people say, "Oh, when did they come into the team?" Oh, well, Jose and Conte didn't fancy them, but Sari came in and made them both starters in the team. Do you know what I mean? That that, that would be like a positive thing that Sari's done. Wouldn't you agree? Of course, I would. And I mean, you know, look, I asked a very, very naughty, naughty, naughty question last night on the fan cast, which was very rotten of me, and it's probably because I've been too, been doing too much radio, right? And I'm and I'm turning into you know Adrian Durham or something. But I <laughs> I, I said to the boys, I said, look, you know. Um, here's a question for you. Um, basically, it, I'm trying to remember how I asked it now, but it was basically along the lines of, you know, would you, if, would you rather, there we go, would you rather finish outside the top four and lose the Europa League and have Sarri go mm. or get into the Champions League for next season, which means either finishing top four or winning the Europa League mm. and have Sarri stay. Mm. Uh, and of course, that's a horrible black and white question. When, mm. And I admitted this and I, and I said, look, the reality is it's not this black and white. You know, Sarri is not all bad. Mm. Sarri is not all good. No, there are issues with him. Yeah. There are issues which, with him which are bad and there are issues with him that are positive, you mm. know. And yeah, you know, whether by luck or, or design, he's definitely given Loftus-Cheek and Hudson-Odoi more games than arguably Conte or Mourinho would. Mm. You know, you and I aren't on the training ground. We don't know what he does. So yeah. we, it's hard for us to say, has he improved their game? Mm. On the other hand, it's there for us to see. Mm. They have, they have. I mean, Loftus-Cheek, for example, I think undoubtedly has improved I this agree. season. People, people. I mean, whether he, I don't think he's improved him, but I feel like his his system of all the faults that we've been discussing has produced Hazard's best season for Chelsea as well. I mean, that yep. shouldn't shouldn't be overlooked. Um, and ha, you know, Hazard always maintains he might be thinking, oh, this isn't working for the team, and I'm fucking off anyway. But it, he is like, yeah, this football's really working for me. You know, he he said that like the other, he said that at the beginning of the season, and he did the Sky Sports or BBC interview last week saying. Yeah, you know, me and Sorry are on the same wavelength. He plays football how I want to play football. We understand each other and we both see football the same. So obviously, I think genuinely that's one of the main reasons 
Chelsea got in, sorry, because they were like, let's just have one last push to try and keep Hazard. Mm. Um, he's going to love this geezer. He talks about nurturing the inner child of football and play, and he thinks Hazard's the best thing in the world, and he wants him to score 50 or 60, 100 million goals, whatever he said at the beginning of the season. He said, you know, Hazard started on fire, 18 games unbeaten. Sorry was the best thing since sliced bread, as was Jorginho. Um, and then, you know, it all turned to shit. <laughs> but, <laughs> but um, yeah. Yeah, it is interesting, but that question that you posed to your guests, mate, that is a, I feel that is a bit of a cheat answer. I feel like even if you dislike the coach and you think it's not going to work, you say stay and say win the Europa League and get a piece of silverware because because sorry, I believe only signed a two year contract um, and with maybe the club's option to extend, and he'll be on very low wages anyway. Sorry, certainly in comparison to previous coaches, so take the trophy. And if he starts stink, stinking up the gaff early doors next season, then they can sack him with very little financial loss, um, you know, under a season's worth of low wages um, to, to pay out. Because the club, I think, have always had issue of paying out or certainly looking at Conte and stuff. They, they have a, It ends up being a big to and fro and stuff. So maybe, you know, start next season. If there's not a new post-preseason bounce, then maybe, say, I don't know, get Lamps and Jody in or get maybe like another coach in but um did you answer the question or did you just pose it to the guests well no i i was a bit of a fence sitter really i mean oh, Jonathan... after posing that question well i know but as, I, as i said on twitter today i ask the questions i don't answer them yeah. but um tony was adamantly you know finish outside no champions league football get him out because tony's had it with him and has yeah. done for a for a myriad of reasons yeah i remember most of the season, back hearing you know, it. T- tony's been very vociferous about this mm. um Dan uh, was quite, uh, you know, vociferous as well, and he's been pretty much, you know, sorry out for a while. Yeah. And I mean, they're not they're not one dimensional. I mean, to, to to stand up for these guys and the abuse that they'll get as a result, you know, look, they're not just being reactionary. You know, there's no, a whole no, myriad no. of reasons yeah, yeah, yeah. why they don't 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 think it works and they don't like it. Jonathan's a bit more like me, you know. I think Jonathan was very much sorry in for most of the season, but I think slowly as it's gone on, mm. I think he's just kind of, you know, realised that maybe it's not going to work. It's wearing, isn't it? Yeah, it is, you know. Uh, but J- Jonathan, like me, you know, Jonathan and I are quite old, mind you, so is Tony. But, you know, we- we've been around a long time and, and I know that things are not this black and white. And mm. I tell you what, uh, the interesting thing is, two things really. One is, I think a lot, I think actually that whether or not we have a transfer ban will have a lot to do with 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 this as well. Mm. I tell but you what, Chidge, I tell you what, can you put a pin in that? Because this yeah, is I interesting and, and this is a perfect yeah, subject to pick up on uh, in part two. Okay. So um yeah, we'll 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 catch you back in part two. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Anacon Chelsea podcast. I'm still here with the podfather himself, Stamford Chidge. Um, Chidge was just making some very good points on Sari. Can you remember where you were? What? What? Where you were at with your point there, Chidge? No, mate. I've got a memory like a goldfish. <laughs> so no, we were just, yeah. No, just, just, just before you pick up, I was going to say I went. I went um, last. I saw you uh, at Stamford Bridge. I, I got. I was sitting next to Dan, and I, I, you know, I've spoken to him about the, the coach and stuff, and. Um, yeah, I understand. He's very much he's very much had it as well. But um, I know Marco. If we go to Gate Seventeen, Marco does um some pods with you and stuff. Yeah. And he works at Chelsea yeah. Store. He 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 highlighted as a lot of people and probably yourself have highlighted. There is seems to be a big stink at Chelsea at the moment because there's that sort of a, I know he coined the term glorious unpredictability. Yeah. 
sort of glorious uncertainty at the moment from the the owner downwards, yeah. um, which kind of makes me want to look at Sarri. You know, I, I, I'm not like a Sari sympathizer. Like I'm well and truly as as a podcast host now. I've become more and more measured throughout the season. But oh, um, don't, don't let that happen, Yannick. You know, go <laughs> go full bore on it all, mate. Go and wind a few people up, mate. That's, good, that's the trick. Yeah. So. Uh, Looking like okay, so why why is Roman not attending games? Is it considered work and then like limited work visa games or what's happening? Is he truly disinterested? Does oh, he want to sell it? One. Is he angry at the the government for like you know not granting him a visa after all the money he's put into the economy or whatever? And I just don't know. And I feel like that starts at the top because he always had a hand in stuff, Roman. Whether it was buying, who's, who's to say he still doesn't? That's true. And Bruce Buck did come out with those comments yeah. saying, you know, but yeah. I don't know, just can't he attend a game? He's always, well, cha- he's always no, champion. He's always, not. Well, yeah, I mean, he's always champion I mean, in football. You know, but... the reality is he can. He's actually allowed into the country. It's yeah, three him. months, it's, apparently yeah, a year. It's funkum that he can't. I mean, uh, to answer the, the question that I didn't answer before the break. Uh, mm, go on. I'll, I'll I'll park the transfer ban because I, I have a feeling in my bones that you want to talk about that later. But sure. the other one of the boys, I think it was Jonathan who said this uh, this week on on our show, um, you know, about this Sarri staying or going business. It, you know, he felt that um, Sarri's the kind of bloke who might just say, you know, what it's not working for me, so I'm just going to go. Mm. And I, and I think Jonathan's got a point there. Sarri is a man of principle. He's definitely stuck to his own principles. Yeah, he's not in it. Really, I mean, we know he's not in it for the glory. I mean, I know that sounds like a harsh thing to say, but he's actually said that. Mm. He he manages at this level because he likes to see his ideas come to fruition on the pitch. Yeah, it's his work. You know, it's his work, isn't it? Like he wants... it's more than his work. It's mm. it's like a, a like his a magnum opus, if you like. His yeah. Life's so work. I meant that. Like, I kind of meant that in a in a more poetic, <laughs> profound way. In this, what you know, when when one's work is everything. You know what That's I mean? Right. Yeah. He don't. He doesn't do it for the money, and he's not doing it to win trophies of the glory. If that happens, it's a bonus and the and the cherry on top. So if it's not working for him and he's not enjoying it, and he's and he's sitting there beating his head against the wall, mm. I, I think Jonathan's right. I think you could just. You, he's the kind of bloke halfway through a season will say, you know what? No, I'm not yeah. doing this. I'm off. Which yeah. is a very interesting take on it. Mm. I mean, that would be refreshing, isn't it? He, he, you can't fault him for honesty. I mean, can't. I, I love know, him for his. Honesty, I actually. like. You know what? Like, oh, there's like. Everyone loved Peak Mourinho with his banter and his stuff. Is just you know second to none. Um, Conte had a bit of fun at some points, even though he became Conte became sort of petulant child in the presses towards the end and on the touchline. And you know he did he's almost trying to get himself sacked. Sari would never do that, but Sari was a sort of honest, sterile guy. But I've seen a little bit of banter from him when he like um recently he took the piss out of a couple of journos. Um, like you know, but like. Um, which one is a guy working for the sun or something and they, when he was asking about is his job under threat and he asked him i don't know if it was is in relation to an article he posted like, oh is your job under threat and like just basically started drilling him and everyone's like laughing at you know the sun journo and um you know there's another thing where some guy comes up and he's like talks about how fat he's got and stuff and everyone has a laugh and i thought well, i'd like to see a bit of that you know because uh context in his first season you remember when he was eating the cake and um, all this sort of shit. It's just a bit jovial and fun. It shows that a little bit more of a people person side that maybe the fans would would appreciate. I mean, he's never he when we score a goal, he does cheer and he's, he's no Claude Puel. He's not like you know he, he definitely does have a cheer. He's just we've just come off the arse end of Antonio Conte. He was crowd surfing in the, you know in the East Lower, so it's a bit of um 
it's a bit of a, uh, a contrast. But like, I, I, like from what you've said, Chid, you, you, as long as Chelsea win, you don't really give a shit about all the nuances, do you? I mean, look, mate, it's, it's, I'm being quite flippant as I often am, but there is a there is a truth to it, really, and it's quite a depressing truth. I think after Conte had his meltdown, and then with a bit of cold analysis, you realise that Chelsea under Roman Abramovich only keep their managers for, on average, one and a half years. Yeah. So, you know, I, I grew up in a game where managers stayed for a long time. Mm. I grew up in an era where the manager had all the power and, you know, became as important, in a sense, as the players and the team. Like Wenger. You, well, I mean, Wenger for Arsenal, definitely. Yeah, yeah, Ferguson for, for United. Yeah. But, I mean, you go back, Liverpool had Shankly, Bob Paisley. Right. Um, you know, Nottingham Forest had Brian Clough. That, you Brian know, the Clough, cult of the manager, if you like. Mm. And you would you would be behind the manager as much as you would be the team and the club. But I, I just think when you've got when you support a club where they go, they're so disposable. Mm-hmm. why do it to yourself it's Mm. like kind of falling in love with a really fit bird and then knowing she's going to piss off every 18 months i mean what's Mm. the point you're never going to get married you know so what 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 is the point of it of of me investing any emotional energy into who the manager is knowing i think i said it on twitter which was incredibly profound and prosaic of me even for me but i said you know I, i i support all chelsea managers hoping that they succeed knowing that they will fail yeah God, because, that's, that's like something that's going to be on, you know, someone's tombstone. I know. That's probably where I nicked it from, you know. Probably nicked it from a, from a, a, a you know, like a, you know, um, a condolence card or something. Yeah, you know? there you go. But anyway, I mean, the, but there is a truth to that because, you know, at Chelsea, all managers fail, mm. ultimately, because mm. they, all get, they all get sacked mm. and they get sacked on average every 18 months. So yeah, Conte, Conte overdid his like, yeah, yeah over, over average. Indeed. Well, I'm averaging out because some have obviously lasted less than that. But, yeah. uh, you know, I just don't see the point in, in investing that emotional energy into into the Chelsea manager anymore. You know, mm. I hope, as I said, but I do. I meant that as, I, I desperately hope that they all succeed, because if they succeed, we succeed. If yeah. we succeed, we're winning matches and trophies. Everybody's happy. Nobody's bitching at each other. You know, yeah. what's not to like about that? I think the fact, whoever it is who's doing it, I think is just irrelevant as long mm. as they do it. You know, it's as simple as that. Yeah, yeah that's, that's some good points. The way the way I kind of look at football at the moment, certainly in the Premier League, is so bloody competitive. And um, if you look at sort of main rivals of Chelsea and what what what's successful at the moment, so you look at Pochettino, Spurs are generally, you know, as, as much as I love to say, are quite a successfully run club at the moment. They've stuck with a manager for a while. Klopp, Klopp was fucking, he was not good early doors, Klopp. You know, he wouldn't have lasted at Chelsea. Look at him now. Um, people forget, you know, they were finished, he was, did he finish, what, seventh first season? Yeah. And, you know, all sorts of shit. And, you know, people are being, oh, Klopp's a great coach, you know, fine, but look at what they've spent, how much and how long it's taken him, how much faith he's got, and now they're doing good. Same with Pochettino. Um, granted, I don't know where he finished first couple of seasons, but they've persevered with him, and now they're in a very strong position. Pep, you know, Pep had a shite first season, but um, he had the pedigree, so no one would necessarily sell him. Um, sorry, sell him. Um, you know, terminate his contract um, first season. For me, is at the top level in this Premier League climate. I'm not sure if the disposable coach model is good anymore or can it work, especially when you don't have a Galactico level squad as arguably Chelsea have had, you know, in previous years when new coaches have come in or or certainly to our rivals. 
I, I feel like you need to persevere the coach to try and build us back yeah, up. There's a few caveats on, on that, though. Mm. And um, I mean, take Guardiola first. Everything was put in place for him. Yes. He's about as much of a banker as you could possibly get to win stuff and take them where he has. Yep. Because he's arguably the best manager in the world. and He's got a track record to prove it. And also, he had all the backing financially, all the backing uh, up at the top, you know, in terms of, uh, you know, the director of football and all of that. Mm. And he's got the most expensive squad ever assembled in the Premier League. So, mm. you you know, you put your money on Pep to succeed. Um, yes. on, on that, Chich. Uh, well, just, just, just let me finish the point, because we need to stretch this out to Pochettino and to Klopp, because... Yeah. You're right in everything that you said there, mm. um, but the reality is, yes, they've had a lot of money spent, but they haven't they haven't achieved success yet. But you see, it's okay at Tottenham and Liverpool because the expectation for Liverpool and Tottenham to achieve success is nothing like it is at Chelsea. Yeah, it's a good point, well made. Yeah, absolutely. I was gonna because yeah, so I was gonna come in and be like on that, you know, with because I I'm on the fence, Chidge. I literally, if I I'd feel exactly the same if Sarri was sacked in the summer and someone else came in, or if he remained. I, in terms of my positive feeling, I can't think I'd sway one way or another. Because in one way, like you made some in, really um, salient points in that Pep was, his, Pep's arrival was prepared for, for like months, years, in terms of getting the kind of some of the players that he needed. And also, like you say, they had his backroom staff in waiting, and then, you know, you compare that with Sarri that was dropped in to pre-season that Conte had started and it was all a bit of a shit show and no one knew what was going on. So, you know, you could make a case for a long-term perspective where you're like, oh yeah, well, if you look at that, then you should absolutely give Sari a chance and try and actually give him some of these attributes or factors that other club clubs have offered their coach, you know, so you, you give, the, give the guy a chance. But it might just carry on being not good enough, which it is at the moment. Um, but then again, I feel like bringing in another coach, um, we can talk about the transfer ban shortly, but if we put in another coach to, to these players, or even if they get one or two more, I just don't think, uh, I, I just, I'm not, I'm just not, I wouldn't feel any more confident, especially if you look at available coaches. Like, okay, so what, Chelsea bring in, was they, was they, what, they bring in someone a bit more mean and a pragmatist, but also can play modern, someone like Allegri from Juventus, you know, that's probably... The Chelsea level level signing of, you know, not sorry, but recent years. Do you know what I mean? Someone of that Simeone, but that wouldn't get anyone excited. He's passionate and he tries to get everyone booked, and he's got he's got the touch of like all the negative sides to Mourinho. Like I feel, I'd feel so like, uninspired. I know, if we got I know what you mean. I mean, I mean, look. We, we, we... In in old money, because Sarri is without doubt a departure from the the norm for Chelsea. But what 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 you would normally expect is that after Conte, they would have hired an Allegri or a Simeone, you know, the next cab off the rank. Yeah. But I can guarantee you. Well, I can't guarantee you anything, obviously, because we just don't know. But my suspicions are that Simeone and Allegri will have got more out of this Chelsea squad than Sarri because they would have been mm. pragmatic. Absolutely. Yeah. That's... They wouldn't have. They would have stuck rigidly to a system that that, that clearly is not working when it mm. counts. Yeah, you know, and they would have probably got us easily into the top four. They may have even, you know, even with this group of players who, let's face it, are probably the weakest squad we've had since Raymond's been here. Mm. He still would have got them performing because that's what Conte did. That's what really, really top-level managers do. Well, Conte was a revelation, as he, wasn't he? Just yeah, I can. 
I said when when Dan came on the pod quite recently, we talked about Conte, and we you know Dan... you, you had Dan on here. Yeah, yeah. Where's, yeah, yeah. where's my ten percent? <laughs> it's in the it's in the mail. Um, <laughs> so yeah, so I was, chat, I was chatting to Dan about it, and he was saying, like, oh yeah, Conte made his position absolutely untenable by yeah, the end. He did. So it's not it's not the yeah, So so that shouldn't be forgotten. But no, the, the the glory of him arriving, not just the passion. Obviously, that's how you do yourself to the fans jumping in and just losing a shit and you know dressing smartly. The little things that you know you could critique Sari for for not doing that he's not obligated to do, um, but bringing just looking at Victor Moses in pre-season and being like hmm right wing back or whatever I know it took a while to switch to that formation or a few games but he looked at all this and he the first thing he said what was that quote of I look at my, I'm the, I'm a tailor I see myself as a tailor I look at my players and I tailor a system to work and be the best it can be and that's exactly what he did you know he plucked Marcus Alonso out of Serie A to be an amazing left wing back in that season. He brought David Luiz back. All right, you're you're going to be a sweeper in a in a free because that's looks like your best skills. Um, you know, and they'll have like, I could, he turns bloody uh, Aspli keeps going. He turned Aspli quite into a right centre back. You know, Gary K, who we trusted as one on one defending, so in a free he was perfect. And it go it goes on and on, you know. And um, it was a revelation, but. Whether I feel like the Premier League was changing then, because obviously the second season it was the City Centurions, and if you look at Liverpool and City now, that are so far ahead of everyone, they are playing a very um, gung ho, just overpower, over quality style football, and and a pragmatist certainly, like you say, probably would have got us into the top four. But I don't think there'll be a title challenge. But early doors when Sarri's football was working. Uh, we were top of the league like for a couple of months in, you know, and everyone was like, Chelsea are absolutely in this title race. Chelsea play amazing football. There was the game against Liverpool, the one all, the reverse fixture of the last game. It's arguably for me, maybe my favourite game of the season still in terms of the quality of football. I couldn't look away. Uh, I know it was only one nil until the Sturridge goal at the end, but in terms of the quality of football that was on, you know, no one was sitting on Jorginho, granted, but just the display was so exciting, and the commentators were talking about how far United and Arsenal are from these two teams, and even City, who are so good, they will have to like you know play up to put a performance on like this. It was like it was just the best thing ever, you know. But um, I can't even remember what my point was. <laughs> I don't know, but it was a great, it was a great yeah, kind so, of monologue. Yeah, I was going off on a monologue. I, I know. Oh, I was, okay, I was, yeah. Okay, I want to bring it home. I was, no, I was just loving listening to yeah, it, mate. So you I'll, carried on. I'll bring, it, I'll bring it home. So what, what I'm saying is essentially, is that at the time, it looked like all right, these, it was Chelsea, City and Liverpool were in the title race. I know we, and that was, story was short-lived, but it was that kind of football that was overpowering teams and just, you know, smacking them about. And sorry, wanted to maintain with that. If, it's almost like, for me, right, the bet that would work in today's Premier League is a 50-50 coaching job with Conte and Sarri. They'd probably never fucking agree over anything or get a lineup together. But in terms of attributes, Sarri's like, right, we'll do this approach to, to be the best and be at the top of the Premier League. But when we do need to be very clever, Conte gets the games. You know what I mean? It would be a great tag but, but team. Look, you, you, what you're outlining really, I think, is is, is the dichotomy that we have. And, and, and I think this unfortunately gets hijacked by... Uh, um, you know, fanatics really on both sides, right? And this, this is this is the argument about attract winning with attractive football, mm. and you know, I think that attractive football is a rather nebulous thing. You know, you could argue that winning football is attractive because you get lots of enjoyment and passion and excitement, and you get to win stuff, which is joyous. But you know, we had that under Mourinho and Conte, and you could argue that their football was. I mean, you know, Mourinho, Mark One, uh, mm. I thought played very uh, attacking uh, and entertaining football. 
But I mean, we all know that later on it became quite dour and negative. Conte, you know, a little bit the same. Mm. But, you know, when you win, how much do you really care? Yeah. I mean, I'm not I, I don't watch football to be entertained, really. So I'm perhaps the wrong person to ask. But <laughs> you know, I, I think I think, you know, what we've seen is we've seen the likes of City, the likes of Liverpool, the likes of Spurs, even to an extent United under Oli when they were flying, all playing a, an attacking style of football. And there seems to be a real desire to have Chelsea do that. But I'll go back to what we were saying about Klopp and Pochettino. Mm, what, what, what they've had that Chelsea haven't had is one, uh, they've had leeway in terms of not being under pressure to win anything. And secondly, they've had a plan. Mm. Well, the one thing Chelsea singularly have never had apart from win trophies, is a plan. Yeah. You know, they've never yeah. had, you know, I, I I, mean, look, we don't know. And this is all supposition. For all we know, Roman has sat down with Marina and the board and they they sit the manager and say, well, this is what we want in year one, year two, year three. Yeah. We don't really know. But I, my, my suspicions are that, that they don't. And the reason I say that is because after, you know, the, the slightest whiff that it all goes wrong, they're, they're out the door. It. Yeah, they're willing to scrap it, which dictates the fact how there isn't a long implemented. No, exactly. And I mean, yeah. you know, you, 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 you articulated that brilliantly yourself. You know, Klopp finished seventh. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, Pochettino was finishing outside of the top four regularly. You know, that tells you that they'll, they'll wear not winning a trophy because they've got a, a, a vision and a plan which they want to see fulfilled. Mm. And maybe they've got a five-year term on it. Maybe if Pochettino and Klopp win diddly squat after five years, they might go. Mm. On the other hand, their boards might turn around and say, well, actually, look, you've progressed in every year since you've been here. You've ticked all the boxes other than win something. We'll give you another go. Yeah. I mean, again, we don't know. But I, ca- I think I can pretty safely say that you know, that Chelsea don't have a plan. And if they have had a plan, it goes out the window every 18 months. Mm. I tell you what, I feel like we've both made some good points on the coach. I think we can both agree on, you know, the jury's out in terms of what what will happen with him. Uh, We both probably agree on the fact how Chelsea lack a plan, which might come from lacking a proper footballing structure in terms of, you know, there is a board, but there's no proper director of football that's in a position to say you know what i'm going to oh, we do, do no we do have a director of football mate it's called roman abramovich yeah 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 the, the absent overlord but um you know what i mean getting someone in to be like i'm yeah. going to work beside the coach and Emanalo, whoever that replacement should have been yeah well exactly yeah. that and you know even he he people still saw him as a bit of a scout and the negotiator rather than a footballing director but you know the top european sides they all have this sort in that's how they do well essentially so again it's a modern game thing that you just need and chelsea need to sort out so we can sort of both look at that so let's move on to the subject of the squad and the transfer ban and stuff and and with the transfer ban i want to start by posing you a question posing a question to you so hazard's pretty much out the door so let's say he's gone in the summer we sell him um hopefully we can use some of his uh, if we if, if there is a ban we can use some of his uh the money from a sale to maybe lock down ruben loftus cheek to like a proper five de- five year first team starter salary because that would be important and hudson adoy i think they've sort of um uh sorry certainly insinuated hudson adoy won't leave next season one right even if it means running his contract down because we can't let both these wingers go um so so there you go so Hazard goes we've got so in terms of wingers we've got Pedro and Willian that will stay 
playing rotation. And maybe the starter wingers are Hudson Adore on the left, maybe with the number 10 shirt, who knows? And then Pulisic, obviously, on the right for £57 million. This guy is going to be a starter. I mean, surely he is. Well, maybe, maybe not. We've got got 70, 80 million quid's worth of talent in Morata out on loan. That's very true. We still gave him a crack as a starter. So you'd you'd imagine he'd start. We could even bring back Morata. Actually, Morata's not fucking coming back. I mean, to be honest, to be honest, Yannick, I, I, I don't care about that. I mean, I think... You know, if if he justifies his selection in what what the manager sees in training, then he should start. But if mm. he doesn't, then he shouldn't. Okay, right. But here's here's the here's the million dollar question. Okay, so you know the Chelsea squad. This I just want to let you know the wingers. So we've still got Willian and Pedro. I doubt we'll flog them. We'll keep them for another year for rotation for experienced wingers. Like they'll be like our our B Tech. Um, Robin and Ribery, <laughs> um, and then like young wingers and Pulisic and Hudson Odoi. With this squad. Um, bring back who you want. Are we a top four side? Do are we top four quality? Looking at the how, the top six now and how good they might be, and you know with their coaches and they, who can make signings, take that into account into your answer. So they can well, all make I, signings. I, 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 can, I can make that answer really quickly. Go on. And very simply, the absolute indefatigable answer is no, and not yeah. because if you lose your best, and we have two world class players, Eden Hazard and Golo Kante. If you lose Hazard then you're a weaker side. Mm. If you lose Hazard and we're not able to buy anybody, you're a weaker side. If you lose Hazard and you're not able to buy anybody and you keep players that are probably past their sell-by date, Mm. you're a weaker side because all the other sides are going to strengthen. That's very true. So that's a sobering sobering notion. uh, I think one that all Chelsea fans might have to sort of come to terms with, really. I feel like... um, uh, <laughs> yeah, I feel like. Sorry, I'd like to press you, Yannick. No, I, I didn't no, mean I mean, to... oh, no, 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 it's true. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, the good thing about Pulisic is he'll arrive and then it'll, people will sort of forget about him and be like, oh, okay, that's it. That, you know, that, that's nice. Um, so I want to ask you the striker question that I, I've been asking a lot of guests recently. I think I've even, I might have even asked you on the Love Sports show, but I, I want to ask you again for the listener. Um, I would. I don't. Well, Morata would never want to come back. I think he's sort of self-proclaimed at a terrible time here. And even though he's a very technically strong, uh, technically good footballer, he's just not built for this league. Um, I, I want to ask before. I want to preface the question with a couple of things before I get your answer. Your who would you have on the striker from the people on the books? But um, I don't think Iguain is up to it. I feel like it's a shame because. Um, I, I've followed him in his career in the recent years and I absolutely love him as a striker. It's like the same as I, I used to love Zlatan as a striker, as an entertainer. And I was so happy when he came to the Premier League and I kind of felt the same way about Higuain. Obviously, it was to United and you don't want a player doing well for your rivals. But I was excited to see it as a bit more of a purist in the Premier League and I was the same with Higuain. I feel like maybe he's just carrying timber and he's just not his head's not in it because, you know, I think he's the same age, if maybe even a little bit younger than Giroud. Uh, and Giroud's certainly got loads to offer for a little while, yeah. So I look at Iguain like that, and I feel like maybe if he sorts the shit out, can he bang a few goals? Because the, the one thing, unlike Morata, he he's not being a pussy in the league. He he'll he'll he got smashed about so much in his first couple of games. He just got up. He didn't like wave the fake card to the ref like Morata does. Start arguing with the defender. Start arguing with the ref. He just gets up. He's been a bit shit. He's been slow, but he's. He's fine. He's he's not being like a little kid about. It. He's not being petulant with the defenders or the ref. He's 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 too so much of a senior pro for that. So I like all that about him, but I'm not sure it will work. And 
I don't think we should extend his contract, which is very sad for me to say because I was a big fan of him as a. He's he's got an immaculate record all throughout his career, and it's such a for me it would have been such a cool signing to work for two years. So how how do you feel about Chidge? Do you do you agree with me with the Iguain probably not going to work? And is it Tammy or Batshuayi? How do you feel? Well, I mean, first up, I I, I yeah, absolutely. I, I think Higuain is on the uh, you know is is basically past his sell by date. I mean, it's very difficult to answer this actually because mm. your guts tell you he's past his sell by date. He doesn't look like a player who's ever going to adapt into the Premier League. He looks too old. I, I think you could say you know you could make a case for saying that you know Sari Higuain and Jorginho who who seem to be umbilically linked, mm. none of them are able to you know, meet the demands that the Premier League has to offer. Mm. Uh, that might be a bit harsh, but you could make that case. Mm. Um, but Higuain, you know, I think that's an experiment uh, that has, has singularly failed. You know, it's funny. I think he's like four years younger than Glenn Murray. <laughs> yeah, but, you know, it doesn't matter. You <laughs> no, know, you're right. He's got more it, miles on the clock, I think. Yeah, yeah, and all of that, you know. I mean, there's no doubt in my head that Higuain was a world-class player, but... Mm. I don't think he is now. And I think like so many before him, he's struggling in the Premier League. And I think that Sarri's argument about that was really disingenuous, trying to compare him to Luis Suarez. <laughs> Suarez was like, you know, uh, I mean, relatively young. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, relatively young in his career. Yeah. You know, you're not going to teach this old dog new tricks. That's yeah. my belief. Yeah. Um, so who's, look, the, re- the reality is everything rests on the transfer ban mm. because with that, with the transfer ban imposed, you cannot go and buy anybody. Mm. If let's let's say you could buy somebody, mm. then I, I firmly believe that you bring Tammy Abraham back, you keep Giroud, and you spend the money. Let's say you have to let Hazard go. And I think, actually, if we don't have the transfer ban imposed, then Hazard definitely goes. Mm-hmm. I think there's an argument to be made that says if we do have the transfer ban imposed, if I'm running Chelsea, I'm saying to Eden, I'm saying, look, mate, I'm sorry. We cannot let you go when we can't buy a replacement for yeah, you. We score no so, goals. <laughs> yeah. Well, exactly. Yeah. You know, say, look, we can't, we can't let you go. I know, we know you want to go to Real Madrid. We absolutely get that. But if we can't buy a player to replace you, then we cannot let you go. So here's the deal: we keep you this last season. You run down your contract and you go on a free at the end of it, and we say thank you very much. And uh, he earns way more if he goes on a free. Exactly. Then he gets all, way more money from the club. But the, which is like. I love I love that for obvious reasons because keeping it in Hazard for another year. But then, but remember it's under contract. Yeah, 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 yeah. But I think you have okay. To sell him. So let, let's look at this. Yeah. So let's look at the different elements of this. So there's the element of he's been such a good servant to Chelsea. You give him the sort of petter check. All oh, right, you can go to Arsenal treatment. You know, we look after our players. We want to. We want you to always look back on Chelsea and smile, and we don't want to keep you here against your will, even though. You might sort of put on a fake smile. You know, there's a sort of human element. We've, you've done so much for us. We don't want to make you unhappy. But then there's, the, uh, say he does stay, right? And whatever, he's got the fucking massive banner over the shed, and you know he's never gonna have a grump on when fucking forty thousand are singing his name. Um, and then you know he's twenty nine. He turns late twenty nine when his contract expires. Maybe I know he's on a free. But maybe um, Real Madrid, the one team that wanted him, the one team that he would go for, didn't want to wait an extra year and said, you know what, we're just going to fill that gap now with a Galactico left winger that's going to be your starting spot. And by then he looks at Chelsea and he's 29, he's going to be touching 30 by then. And we, we go, we'll give you a five-year contract, mate. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, why, why not? Stranger yeah. things have happened. And I mean, yeah. Hazard, Hazard has always stated, I mean, you know, 
how do we know what he's really thinking? Because he's yeah. too savvy to, to reveal that, I suspect. But yeah. he has always said publicly that, look, he either goes to Real Madrid with the club's blessing or he doesn't. And he's happy with either. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I've emotionally prepared myself for the departure for yeah, a while me too. now. But um, so on that, I, I think... do think I do think it depends on the. Tra- I really do think this that this transfer ban or not getting a ban is absolutely pivotal pivotal mm. to mm. what happens next. Yeah, and I and interestingly, I mean, I heard you on the fan cast talk to Joe when it was the episode of you and Joe, and I feel like, I think it was that one when you said if we can sell him and there's no ban, you'd bang all of the money on yeah. a, a striker. Well, yeah, because you know you, you can't. Need the replace- girls. Well, exactly. You can't replace Hazard as a player because mm. there is no other player in the world like Hazard. No. And I doubt if you would, you know, to replace Hazard as a that kind of player, you're going to have to spend twice the money we're going to get for him, I would have thought. Plus, yeah. You know, because you look, you're looking at an Mbappe or somebody like that. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah, and you, yeah. You, you know, he's not going to go for less than 200 million. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, you know, what, what, what else do you have to replace with Hazard? Well, when you think that Hazard's, you know, been responsible for half of Chelsea's Premier League goals this season, <laughs> yeah. clearly what you have to replace is goals. And the easiest way to replace goals is to buy a world-class striker, something that we need anyway. Yeah. You know, don't yeah. have one. So, mm. if, Mike, if, Mike, I'll tell you my concern with that, Chidge, is strikers are becoming a more and more difficult um, specimen. Yeah. Right. And not only that, I'm not one to talk hoodoo, but Chelsea with strikers, we haven't always been great um, in buying them. And if we did whack 100 plus million on a striker, I wouldn't I wouldn't feel like, oh, this is a, you know, he's absolutely going to just bang him in the Premier League no matter what. Um, you know, I'd almost feel like maybe getting a, 30, a different 30 million, just taking a risk. Like Piontek, that guy went to AC Milan, who's banging them you know, scoring loads of goals and they sold him for like, he got 30 million or something and he's like really young. Um, you know, again, you don't know if he's going to work in the Premier League, but that one, that, you know, that I feel like that kind of calibre of striker, maybe get one of those and test, just something where you can not waste the whole bag. Maybe you get another attacking mid who's really well known for goals. There's this um, French player called Nicolas Pepe who scores loads of goals. Yeah, but we've got we've got potentially players who can do that. What we don't yeah. have, we don't have any strikers capable of scoring fucking goals. Mm. Period. Right? If let mm. me just run down this list for you. You'll like this. At the top, these are the top goal scorers in 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 the Premier League in Europe. Right? Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm sure this is this season. I'm just checking actually. Uh, I'm. Yeah, it's uh, yeah, it's out yesterday. This article. So, Aguero's got 19. Mo Salah's got 19. Sadio Mane's got 18. Raheem Sterling's got 17. Aubameyang's got 17. Harry Gaines got 17. Uh, Hazard, of course, is 16. They could Sky conveniently left him off the list. <laughs> but out, out of that list, Aguero is a proper striker. Yes. Yeah. yeah Aubameyang yeah. is a proper striker. Harry Kane is a proper striker. Mm. Salah, Mane, and Sterling are more. You know, a modern type of strike. They're not strikers. Forwards, yeah. Yeah. All right. Europe. Let's look at Europe. Top strikers in Europe. Lionel yes. Messi, yeah. 43. Lewandowski, 35. Uh, Mbappe, 33. Aguero, he's back in, 29. Mm. This is, yeah. Uh, Piatek has got 29. Yeah, who I was just talking about, yeah. yeah. Wissam Ben Yadda has got 28. He plays for Sevilla. Benzema's got 26. Zapata has got 25. He plays for Atalanta. Uh, mm. Luka Jovic, which is, who's been mentioned a lot. Frank Fertgo, yeah. 25. Ronaldo's got 25. Now, let's drill down a little more in this. Uh, Messi, the greatest player in the world ever, probably not really a striker and plays in a two, three-team league. Lewandowski passed his sell-by date, really. I know that sounds remarkable to say so, mm. but also plays in like a two or three-team league. Mm. 
Mbappe, uh, a very bright talent, but he's more of a hazard type player playing in a one or two team league. Aguero, absolutely mustard, but probably getting on to be past his sell by date. Mm. Piatek, uh, good player, clearly, mm. but I don't really know a lot about him. But I mean, Italy, very different. Yeah, he's a, he's a, his, 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 yeah, he's a, he's emerged in Italy. Yeah. His, the two teams he's played is is in Italy. So you know, again, it's the Premier League question, isn't it? Or other than... yeah, but the, this is the thing. You know, look at this: Sevilla, Real Madrid, Atalanta, Eintracht Juventus. Half of them are not strikers, mm. uh, and half of them are playing in 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 leagues where you don't get the kind of competition and and problems you get in the Premier League. The kind mm. of problems that Higuain has actually revealed in an interview why he finds it difficult. Mm. I mean, you know, there's a very good case. There's a very good case of saying if we if 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 we lose Hazard, we don't get a transfer ban, and you know we've got say a hundred million to spend that we spunk it all on. I mean, go for any one of those. Go for a, I mean, yeah. Harry's not going to go for less than. I mean, you could probably get two hundred million for Harry Kane. I reckon he wouldn't come to Chelsea. Yeah, but yeah, well, probably wouldn't. But yeah. you know, money talks, doesn't mm. it? Yes. I mean, of all that, I mean, Aubameyang, Lacazette. Well, we were Aguero, offered a, we were offered Aubameyang for fifty yeah. million, and we turned him down. Yeah, I mean, you know, would he come? Who mm. knows? Well, he I wanted mean, to go. It's Chelsea that didn't want him. Yeah. But um, it's an interesting thing. That, Aguero, though. Aguero, absolutely improved under Pep, uh, Pep Guardiola. Yeah. I mean, what I'm really trying to say, mate, is, you know, we can look at we can look to Europe and see some of these fantastic players, but we know, we've seen it happen so many times before with Morata, you name it, that mm. actually they find it hard here or it takes them a year go for a proven premier league goal scorer well that's what it makes that's what makes um hazard even more impressive isn't it when you look at you imagine that mbappe might get squished in the premier league and hazard he's only little but he takes an absolute battering and he has done for seven years um yeah do you know what from from that it, it sort of highlights the, the lack of truly galactico level strikers um that might be available well, the, the one that the two probably most desirable i've echoed this before in, in the podcast but the two probably the most desirable number nines in terms of top top level galactico quality not these up and coming uh saying this is saying mbappe's not a number nine because he's rarely plays down the middle is harry kane and maro Icardi. and this was say 12 months ago they were the two names because they're both like 25 they both captain their teams um, and have done for a while at a young age, and they're both consistent goal scorers every season. Um, difference is Harry Kane, one of them's for your rivals, and you know he would never come. And the other one, Icardi, no one wants to go near him because of all the fucking drama. No, he, he is he is drama. You're right. Yeah, yeah. And it's the last thing Chelsea needs is, is like some like a top tier drama striker. So yeah, no one wants to go near him. So it, it is weird. So so on that, what your point you just made, Chidge. Should we, or should we, should 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 we have, or should we maybe look to someone like Callum Wilson, who showed he's got no problems no. scoring? No, I don't think he's up to it. He he's just not played at that level. I mean, look, if I'm, I'm now I'm now looking at the I'm the current in the league, you know, scoring yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm, and so am I. But I, I'm I, I'm looking at the the Premier League top scorers again. Aguero's got 19 now. Okay, he plays for City. Mm. You know, they're beating teams for fun. He gets beautiful service, but I think he's an all round quality striker he would be my top pick actually and I think he might go because he's getting towards the end of his career at City uh they've got plenty of backup they've got you know Jesus and they've got Sane mm. you know they've also got Ra- Raheem Sterling scoring goals for fun Salah 
is not going to come anywhere near Chelsea. No, nobody like Salah, Mane or Firmino are going to go near Chelsea because they're, they're, they're wedded to the whole Liverpool project, yeah, if you like. Why would any well, of these players come to Chelsea? Well, that's why I'm saying mm. Aguero might because he's coming to the end of his City career. Well, and we give him loads of money. He, yeah. he's, he's, he's like in a guaranteed best squad in the world yeah. win starting striker win loads of trophies so it'd, yeah. have, it'd have to be it would have to be the, he's the... going to play every game at Chelsea he's going to get oodles of money yeah. and he's got another another challenge I could see that being much more realistic than many might think mm. uh, Harry Kane not a chance in hell the mm. next one the ne- okay I'm now down to like I mean uh, Aubameyang let's assume he's not going to leave Arsenal because he's yeah. only just got there so yeah. you've got one two three four five six seven is Eden Hazard with 16 goals who's next Jamie Jamie Vardy. I would have loved Vardy a couple of years ago. And again, same kind of thing. Mm. You know, it, I mean, maybe getting into the Champions League would be a, a carrot to dangle with him. So that would be, you know, clearly would need to get into how, the top four. How old is Vardy, though? Do you know what he's, I mean? Well, he's he's getting on for thirty, but you no, know, you think he's part, he's not for that. He's he's thirty-two, mate. Is he really? Yeah. Fuck me. Yeah. He's getting on, isn't he? He was yeah. twenty-nine. He was twenty-nine, I think, in the Leicester winning. Yeah. Season. Well, there you go. Mm. But he still scored fifteen goals in an average side. Oh you know, yeah, yeah, and again, if you've got a hundred million to spend, you know Leicester aren't going to say no. Well, no, but Chelsea would never. You know, we we got a really good. We bought. A but if you want to replace, if you want to replace goals. Hazard's goals short term, mm. what else are you going to do? No, you're right. I mean, it, it's such a difficult one. You look at Conte's team. There was goals everywhere as well. You know, I know Costa got twenty, twenty-one. Hazard got sixteen in the league. Or seven, and then, and then you know Gary Cahill got five or six. Alonso got like eight. <laughs> yeah, I mean everyone was scoring goals across that eleven, um, which we just don't have now. I mean Jimenez at Wolves is not a bad bet either because yeah, again, you know, you might they, they've just signed him, there, haven't they? Well, from, they have, and therein lies the problem. Them, yeah. But I mean, you know, maybe you know we are a much bigger club, the Wolves. You know, mm. there are people that we can tempt, and I think if you're narrowing it down to what we've just said, is that. You want goals, you want them now because you've got to replace Hazard's goals mm. and you focus on the Premier League first, which means you need to have a player who can, who's proven to have done it in the Premier League because actually getting somebody really good from abroad, you know, you do run that risk that they're not going to cope with the Premier League or it's going to take them a year to adjust, mm. you know. I mean, Chelsea without Hazard's goals this year would probably be bottom half of the table. Oh, and the rest, mate. Yeah, Jesus Christ. Exactly. Yeah. Um, dismal. Well, it's... <laughs> But but it's reality, though. No, it is, it is. It is. But that's why I say you need to fix it, and you need to fix it quick. And that's why I think you don't have to worry about... Look, if you've got... If you've got I know Giroud's as old as me, but, I mean, if you've got Giroud mm. as a backup and a different style of player, mm. you've got, you know, Aguero or Vardy as your number one striker, mm. and you've got Tammy Abraham as, as the other backup, you've yeah. pretty much got all bases covered there. Are, are you... Okay, so are you a free striker guy? Like I feel like it's it's very it's very difficult keeping free strikers yes. happy. Um, well, other clubs manage to do it. Why can't we? Yeah, but I feel like it should be a number one and number two and an academy player. Well, uh, that's for, kind of what you're saying, aren't but, you? Yeah, Giroud, Vardy, yeah, but, Stoke, Aguero, but, plus Tammy Abraham. But what I was going to say with Tammy, Tammy's got over 50 career goals. Uh, first senior career goals. How many at Premier League level? Well, probably about six. <laughs> but what what I'm saying is, he's not going to want to be a third striker, is he? He's going to be like, no, I'm a starting striker, and in two seasons in the Championship, I've got north of 24 goals. 
You know, I mean, there's another possibility here that I haven't thought of actually, and that's maybe you spunk money on Marcus Rashford, but he's like looking at wanting 300 grand a week. Yeah, and a move to Real Madrid at the moment, isn't he? Yeah, I mean, yeah, that's weird on Rashford. I mean, what really impressed me when he scored that penalty in Paris because that was his first competitive penalty for Man United. (laughs) Superb player. Yeah, I really like Rashford, but I don't know. Coming to Chelsea, he's he's uh, he's you know he's united through and through or after the money. Exactly. You know, he do you know what he's like? He's like a young Jamie Vardy how they play yeah. and like maybe a bit more of potential and talent because the way they play on the shoulder they sprint they press and they're good at one-on-ones and stuff so but um i want to wrap it up chidge so before i start doing some plugging on your part um i'll just pose all for that yeah i'm uh, gonna pose you some difficult questions oh, um dear. or maybe just one how if you it's a it's very difficult to predict but if you just had to sort of you know, throw some shit at the wall, and how how do you think things will pan out for us this season? And do you think we'll sack the coach? That's a broad question. Ooh, I know. Bloody hell! I know. Um, and the, the thing is, you, you don't have you don't have to try and calculate it. You just go with like your heart's sort of decision. Okay. Well, yeah. You listened to the show last night, obviously. Um, ugh, well, I mean, I, I I felt that we had had a chance actually, of getting into the top four. I think Tottenham are, are a shoo-in because of who they've got. But I think yeah. it's going to be I think yeah. it's going to be a, a Nats cock between us, United and Arsenal. I, I think United are pony. Honestly. I, yeah, I, I agree with that. They, so really, uh, it's between us and Arsenal. Arsenal and there's going to be a point in it, I think. You just, know, just, I mean, just quickly on, on United, they... Well, it looks like... They got, they've been mullered tonight. Yeah, 4-0 on aggregate. 4-0! <laughs> well, so, so they lost 3-0 on three nil, uh, tonight. 3-0, yeah, yeah. So, um... Tell yeah, me so that Messi got a hat-trick. I don't know. I haven't been looking. We can, we can look at that. But but what I'm alluding to is he... Solskjaer, since he's come... It recently, there is recent games. So what's that? They lost four out of six. So they've lost five out of seven now, the last games. They've lost five out of seven. And those two games that they won, Chidge, were against Watford and West Ham, both of which were a complete blag for different reasons. They were awful against Watford and they somehow won. And against the West Ham... West Ham with a better team and United yeah. won through two penalties. I know. So they're I'm looking. Lucky, uh, so I'm looking at them at the moment, and I'm, they're just so unconvincing. I mean, I quite like Solskjaer. You hear him talk, and he just seems like a really sort of. I know he's like you know in his late forties, but he's got a very sort of sweet. I know they call him the babyface assassin, but he genuinely is like a bit of a sweet man. Just wants the lads to do well, and you know, bringing the club back to its former glory. I don't think he can do it. And I don't think United are very good, personally. So, like you say, it's, I feel like it's between us and Arsenal. And I, sorry, I didn't, I didn't mean to interrupt you, Chidge. I'll let you go on with your um, your mystic No, I, I agree with you. I think I think it's between us and Arsenal. I mean, at the moment, we're dead level on points. Mm. And um, they've got a game in hand, haven't they? Well, they have got a game in hand. But, you know, I think they've still got three away fixtures. Now, they were also lucky last night. Yes. Uh, you know, you can argue that Deeney shouldn't have been sent off. I wish the game, actually. Yeah, they were the yeah. better. Watford were better. Yeah, with 10 men. Mm. Yeah. So they got away with that, and that's really not helped us them winning, clearly. But, you know, they could they could quite easily lose to Wolves. They could quite easily lose to Leicester away. Mm. I, I, I'm pretty convinced that basically Brighton and Burnley will be down by the time, or you know, basically well, you see again, you know. I mean, Burnley, they're at, they're at home against Brighton, so you've got to say they're favourites there. Palace could do them, you know. Mm. Palace could do them, but they're at yeah. home, so one has to say they're going to win. I mean, really, they need to lose their away games for us to have a chance because you know we're dead level at the moment. Mm. Um, and again, I mean, I frankly, I think it's it's going to depend on um, 
on us playing United. If we can beat United away and oh, win on our other three games, I mean, because we should beat Burnley at home. Mm. We should beat Watford at home. They'll be they'll be thinking about the FA Cup. Um, if we can beat United and Leicester away, then we'll have 12 more points. Uh, and if, you know, Arsenal slip up, I mean, if they only win, I mean, if they win another another nine, which is what they would get, then, mm. then, we're, well, then we're away, aren't we? That's that's how the okay. equation works. Well, uh, yeah, it's, it's basically up in the air completely. Um, what about Europa League? But I, I, it probably looks like it will be a Chelsea Arsenal final by how things are probably going to pan out. Um, I probably would have preferred Napoli because it would have been sorry. Against, well, it would have been both sorry and Ancelotti against their old clubs, um, respectively, actually. But, you know, Sari would know those players and Ancelotti won't know these Chelsea players now, really. So um, I would have fancied us against Napoli more purely because Arsenal might be naff a lot of the time. But ever since Conte joined Chelsea, Arsenal have had some hex over us. And um, they, I just yeah, I never feel confident playing Arsenal. No, I, I wouldn't either. But yeah. I mean, you know, look, it's a one-off match. And, I mean, look how much favourites we were to beat them in the FA Cup uh, when we should have done the double and they they yeah, turned us there. over. I, that yeah, was, that was my first cup final, mate. Was it really? I've, I've only Christ. been to two, yeah. Of all the of games I've gone, I've only been to two cup finals, and that was yeah. that one, and that was also the one against City, which I thought we. I, to, be, to me, it was almost a win because I thought we were going to lose ten nil. Um, anyway, go on, mate. Well, my first FA Cup final that I actually managed to get to was also an Arsenal one in two thousand and two because I'd never managed to get tickets for the others, mm. um, and uh, we also lost two 0 and that was grim. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, but actually, the one that Conte lost was even more grim because we were so, so, so expected it to win. Shoot, we would have won the double. It? Yeah, and, we yeah, would have won the double. Yeah, yeah. it's Moses fancied an early bath. But um, yeah, I, well, the, what, the bright side of being in that game is I saw Diego Costa's last goal for Chelsea. Indeed, indeed. Yeah. So, um, oh, will we win the Europa Cup? Is that the question? Well, yeah, I guess so. <laughs> You know, look, first of all, we've got to beat Slavia Prague, which we bloody well should do, but yeah. they cannot be taken lightly. No. Uh, Benfica or Eintracht Frankfurt will not be a pushover. No, true. You know, so Very that true. won't be easy. And, uh, you know, when you get to a final, then it's different. It's a one-off game. But mm. I, what worries me, uh, and this sounds really awful to say so, but what worries me is Sarri's, you know, track record in winning trophies. In, mm. in other words, he hasn't won one. And, and that... I think that counts. You know, there's something about Avram Grant that I'm reminded of. You know, he he got us to the League Cup final and we lost to Spurs. Mm. He got us to the Champions League final and we lost to United. Mm. You know, there are you know basically the the football world is divided in between winners and losers, and either you're a winner or you're a loser. And it, what worries me is that Sarri is not a winner. Well, just that's pro- profound words there, and, and just looking at you know us, me, you know, I, I, I know. know but I was please, just I got please. a little bit distracted there, Chidge, because I've just seen Ajax have knocked out Juventus. Oh, the Champions good League. God, seriously! Yeah, they won two. They won two one wow. away away at the old lady. Um, wow. R- Ronaldo scored the goal. Um, Ronaldo is not going to win the Champions League for Juventus this season. Wow. The reason why they bought him this Ajax side, mate, they've been fucking superb. Have them though. What a brilliant revelation they are! Oh, man. You look at like Dujon Tadic and Daily Blind. You like <laughs> they went. Like, I wondered where they went. Oh, they're just absolutely tearing up the Champions League with a bunch of teenagers. That is fantastic. And I tell you what, you know, if you're an Arsenal fan, just think how pissed off you should be because you've got Overmars and Bergkamp there yeah. behind the. You know, yeah, well, exactly. I'm, I'm so... an Arsenal, and I'm thinking, why aren't you at Arsenal? Yeah. Oh God. 
God bless Ajax, man. I hope they win it. That is super. Brilliant story. I really do. Yeah. Yeah. Watch the highlights after this. Um, So yeah, Chidge. We've 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 sort of dissected a lot of it, really. The world's the right, actually, Yannick. Yeah. Actually, now I'm not. I mean, I know you're depressed because of what I've said, but I feel much better. I always, I always feel better never chatting to you. when I'm depressing people. Yeah. Which, okay, so let's perk everyone up and talk about the positives. Oh, yes. So, let's, so addressing the listener now, the, the people that have joined the Anna Chelsea podcast and listen, I uh, have alluded to before and will then reinforce the truth of, um, I went to Stanford Chidge uh, to talk to him about podcasting and he very kindly offered me, <laughs> offered me guidance. Um, <laughs> And yeah, I'll actually be a large proportion to me having a podcast to to Chidge's advice. Um, Of course, you can catch uh, Chidge and his entourage um, on, I guess, multiple platforms. On his gang, um, JK and Sopwith. Uh, (laughs) um, So who the regulars are? Because actually most of them will be known on Twitter. If people are on Twitter, they should not. Yeah, why not? Why not? uh jonathan kidd who's my kind of wingman mm. who, who's been my number two for m- years now pretty much since dr martin left mm. uh but jonathan kidd uh and then uh, clayton beerman or at goalie 59 mm. dan silver who's at dan silves 73 mm-hmm. alex churchill the girl who likes balls she's at cfc gwlb the absolute wonderful i mean one of, i tell you what he's one of the nicest people you will meet at stamford bridge uh, and the books he writes are phenomenal. That's Marco, Mark Worrell, who's at Gate 17. Mm-hmm. Or, so I think it's at Gate 17, Marco. Gate 17, Marco, I think, uh, yeah. And we also have Joe Tweedy on quite a lot. Yep. And uh, we have the ESPN journalist uh, Liam Toomey on a lot. And mm-hmm. we have the football.london journalist Ollie Harbord on a lot. So it's a very good uh, It's a very good squad, mate. I have Absolutely. To it's good. Yeah, yeah it's. Uh, I'll enforce that. It's. It's a good entourage. Good guests. All. Sort of, uh, it's got a great. Your your show's got a great balance of the sort of feeling of mates down the pub that have watched Chelsea for a long time that are just honest and not too. Yeah, you know, uh, relatively open minded. And then you've got you know the journos in to keep you up to date to give you a bit more of the technical info. I've had Joe Tweedy on here certainly. Well, certain, I mean, certainly gives the technical technical info. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I'll, I'll reiterate what you said because for me, the ethos of our pod, we started doing the podcast in a pub mm. many, many years ago. In fact, eleven years ago, almost to the day, twenty eighth of April, two thousand and eight. I remember you saying it's, it was a difficult uh, method of keeping up the podcast, right? Well, because we were too drunk. <laughs> yeah, uh, noise basically. levels. How was that? Yeah, yeah, and that was just us, you know. Yeah, yeah, but we yeah. were very raw emotionally, so we, <laughs> we, we kind of were very drunk and very raw emotionally. We used to do it after the games, and we just decided to move it to Monday, which is eventually what we did. Mm. And that was a very different cast of characters, but the ethos behind the podcast has always been exactly what you said. Mm. You know, for me, it has to be it has to be people who are my mates at Chelsea, people with whom I go to the games, mm. people with whom I drink with in the pubs. Yeah. And that is we may have a completely different set of characters now, but that is that ethos remains. Mm. You know, I go to games with Jonathan, I go to games with Dan and Clayton. I and you know, you've been mm. in the pub with us. We all drink in the pub together. Mm-hmm. You know, Liam and Ollie I also know personally. Joe Tweeds used to sit next to me at the Stamford Bridge. Yeah. Until he went to Denmark. So yeah. I've known him for years. These are Did, all my ha- mates. Haven't you had Nizar Kinsella on your show as well? No, I haven't actually. Oh, okay. I thought you might. Never, no. Well, I, I, the other thing is, I try not to, um, and this is not not intended to be a criticism of any other podcast because everybody does what they they have to do. But mm. I, I I do try not to 
pilfer guests from other shows you know like, <laughs> this means sh- shouldn't have told you i had down on the show <laughs> no I'm only, no no but that's fine i mean yeah, I, yeah, I try, yeah. everybody does it their own way and sure. it really isn't a criticism of anybody else no, at no, all. i understand that you know yeah, I but I, I, the way i like to do the fan cast is that if i've got a really good bunch of you know mates i mm. like to stick to that ethos it's people that i drink with and go to the games with because i think that I think that that makes it a much better podcast. Mm. It makes it very authentic, which is what it was always supposed to be about. Absolutely, yeah. It's about sounding like uh, an informed uh, pub chat. Absolutely. And I'd further on that saying how... It's different. My podcast is very much like a sort of one-to-one, like me, me grilling you today, for example, and then people can listen to you and me having quite a, almost a tennis match exchange of, of how we think about Chelsea. And it, it's, it's a lot of attention on the guests. But the, the, what's nice about the fan cast is it is like you're in a pub and you're like, okay, so JK's come up with that. I know Clayton's going to think that's fucking bullshit and uh, he's waiting to say something. And you can, There's a sense of narrative to it and you can feel it coming and that's a really nice thing and um, it's, it's very enjoyable to, to listen to. So uh, a lot of my listeners probably have heard the Chelsea Fancast, but if you haven't, I'd urge you to go and check it out. Available on all pad, uh, podcast platforms. Um, and then you, um, I'll te- when I put this live, I'm going to tag Chidge in the Fancast. But... The Chelsea Fancast is up for an award in the Football Blogging Awards. Um, what, what's the actual title of this particular award, Chidge? Well, uh, we're up for uh, Best Podcast, of course. Oh, of uh, course. Uh, and actually, it's brilliant because there are quite a lot of Chelsea representatives across the board for the Football Blogging Awards. They do awards for pretty much, well, loads and loads of categories. So London is Blue Pod are up for mm. not podcast. They chose to go up for uh, Best International Content Creator. Mm. They've made the final for that. The wonderful Simon and his merry men are uh, up for uh, Chelsea Echo for yes, Best Simon New Phillips. Content. Yeah, Best New Content Creator. And I think 100% Chelsea are up for Best Club content creator but we are the only chelsea podcast up for the best podcast award mm. uh we've got pretty uh, i hate to, i hate to sound and go all scouse here but we've got great history in this competition <laughs> we've made the final i mean the first award they, they first did the awards in 2012 and we won the best podcast uh in 2012 lovely uh we've all we also won it again in 2005 mm. um On for your hattie yeah exactly and we've made the final every year Apart wow. from last, yeah, every year apart from last year, when I couldn't be bothered to get the vote out and le- left it to Heon, who didn't do a very good job, much as I love him, but right. he didn't. So you know, we've got a really good track record in this. But mm. I have to say, you know, it gets harder and harder and harder to win mm. it each year. The market's well, getting no- saturated. Well, yeah, there is that. Um, but I've also noticed, look, looking down against who we're up against, what, what you also see now. You see a lot of what I would call kind of professional stroke semi-professional podcasts in there. Mm. So in other words, people like, you know, Arsenal fan TV, you know, whatever you think of them, Robbie's a very smart chap and they do yeah. it for money. He's making bank. Yeah, absolutely. And he makes a lot of money out of this and they mm. can do it full time. For, the, for these kind of guys, it's a full time job. Mm. They got their you know, fingers I, are in multiple pies as well. Yeah. When they do that. So, you know, I mean, we do we do two, sometimes three shows a week, all vol- all voluntarily. Mm. We give up our free time to do it. We all work full time mm-hmm. doing other jobs. You know, um, I mean, I, 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 I mean, I won't lie. We make a bit of money out of it, but I mean, it covers my costs. You know, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. And people, what people might not know is, Chidge spends, unlike me, Chidge spends a lot of time in uh, in planning an episode uh, and and actually giving it a bit of structure, uh, as well as um, plugs that um, are good for the Chelsea community. It's worth me noting and and saying to the listener. Whereas someone like me, I just, you know, I. 
I, I messaged you on Twitter and I was like, we make a date and I messaged you five minutes before and I just set up my equipment and that and that's it. So that, that you do you do put a lot of graft in, mate. Yeah. So, you know, well, it's absolutely it, it, earned. Yeah, I mean, I, I used to be a television producer, so I, you can't kick that habit of, of doing the prep, you know, but... Uh, Almost very yeah, you're, Well, I, that's why I got into it, because I got fed up with, with being told what to do, really. That's why I started doing my own thing. But, yeah. you know, effectively, we do it for love, you know, mm. whereas there are a lot of people who are up for best podcasts, other clubs. These guys are doing it for money. They're professionals, essentially. Mm -hmm. They do it as a full-time job. So it's tough, you know, to go up against that. So I would say we're underdogs this year. But you never, never know. You know, mm. I didn't think we would win it in 2015, but we pulled that off. But the reality is, is you don't win this unless, I mean, and I'll be really honest with you. Ultimately, it, it's no reflection on how good or bad you are. It's all about getting the vote out. Mm. And the, the more bloody people that vote for us, the more chance we have of winning it. It's well, as simple as that. Well, on that, let's let's get some of the listeners voting for the Chelsea fancast. If, if you want to support the Anacon Chelsea uh, podcast you can support the fan cast and by proxy that's supporting me so the i know it's quite a complicated method Chidge, of doing so but um is is, is there what's the easy yeah. have you got have you got it on your twitter somewhere? yeah yeah it's well yeah i mean go to our at chelsea fancast twitter feed and i think you'll find a pinned tweet there which has got a a, a a click to tweet link to it which basically will come up with an automated tweet which says i am voting for at chelsea fancast there you go in, well, I'll read it out. I'm I am voting for at Chelsea Fancast in at the FBAS for hashtag best podcast, and that that's a vote. But mm. you can also do it by going to Instagram. Uh, you go if you go to the Football Blogging Awards Instagram page, which is at Football Blogging Awards. Amazingly enough, mm. uh, then you you find the relevant uh, best podcast image, and then you basically tag our Instagram account, which is at Chelsea Fancast, in the comment section for that. Mm -hmm. Or alternatively, you can just vote by going to the Football Blogging Awards website, which is footballbloggingawards.co.uk forward slash vote hyphen now. And then you just choose Chelsea Fancast for best podcast. And while you're there, you can uh, vote for London is Blue as best international content creator, Chelsea mm -hmm. Echo as best uh, new content creator, and 100% Chelsea as best club content creator so support, there you go oh, support the cfc family well what one other place actually i forgot this actually on our homepage on the website chelseafancast.com mm. about halfway down there's a button which says vote for us as best podcast and you just click on that and uh, that'll uh, enable you to vote as well oh there you go what, what i've just done is i think i had already voted for you but i've just clicked it and done it on my twitter and i've also just retweeted the chelsea fancast pinned tweet so although that will be the the profile will be tagged when i publish this podcast um you can look at my twitter and find Oops. that link and uh, and do it so i'd urge you all to do that it'll only take a couple of seconds and it will support yeah. us so well it closes on sunday this by the way sunday the 21st well, at midnight so yeah, you've got about so, five days yeah this is going to come out um probably wednesday morning so you know if you're if you're listening on something that you can uh, some sort of form of electronic device uh I, i'm sure i've got a lot of american listeners apparently so safe the uh they love they love a podcast the yanks they do um so i'm sure they i'm sure they'd want to vote for london is blue as well as um yeah but chidge mate it's been an absolute pleasure having you back on the podfather too um I can't, oh, I can't wait for Podfather 3 or 4. <laughs> yeah, that's it, yeah. Can we do that uh, tomorrow night? Yeah, yeah. Free? That's it. We'll, uh, we'll, we'll see a, a, a DVD box set or well, an audio set. We'll do an audio book, Chidge. 
the, uh, yeah, that, yeah, well, that'll be a emotional roller coaster and audio book for Chelsea fans. Are you there on Monday next week at the Burnley game? Um, I, maybe actually. I, I haven't. Got, what I've been doing is I've just been buying the odd ticket when. Yeah. when I, sale, mate. You should get on it. Yeah, yeah. I like Dan's seat. I'll see if um see if Dan's got a spare one. And... No, I don't think he has. Oh, they're, okay. they're, they're almost spoken for. I well, know yeah. that. I thought, today. I get one off the exchange. Yeah, yeah. I might do that, or I might. Uh, if I if I tweet it, sometimes I get a DM of someone that you know that I've got a spare one. I just buy him a few beers or something. But um, all right, well, Chidge, thank you so much for coming back on the podcast, mate. Um, you know, maybe another one before the end of the season, if not certainly in in, in the next season. Um, get you back on, and I could hope to make you a regular and uh, continually uh, pay you back by plugging. <laughs> well, I, 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 yeah, I'll I'll let you know when I've next got something to plug. But no, in, in all seriousness, Yannick, I love doing them. You're you're great fun to to do a show with. It's Thank always lovely know. to see you down the pub, and you're always very generous in buying me a beer. Oh, okay. <laughs> That's when I bloody bought you one, but uh, <laughs> All right, you, know, you get the next round then. Exactly, but thank you very much for the kind words about what you said about the podcast. Actually, very much appreciated, That's and right. uh, thanks for allowing us to give the uh, awards a bit of a plug tonight as well. Well, before I start welling up, ladies and gentlemen, that's been the podcast. Cheers, cheers. There we have it, ladies and gentlemen. Um, yeah, big thank you to Chidge for coming on again. I look forward to having him on on another episode. Um, do go and support the Chelsea Fancast by voting for the Chelsea Fancast and the Football Blogging Awards, like he said. Um, and if you want to support me, please um, give me a five-star rating on iTunes. I've actually said this quite a lot on the um, the podcast, and I went to go and look recently, and although my listenership has grown quite a lot, um, no one's given me a rating. <laughs> so if you're listening to this on iTunes or Apple Music, uh, Apple Podcasts, or whatever it is, please just bang that five stars. It would mean a lot. And if you want to really reach out, write a nice little positive message in a review. Um, that's all I've got to say, really. I hope you enjoyed the episode. Um, up the Chels, keep the blue flag flying high, carefree, wherever you may be. And let's hope Ajax win the Champions League.